welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our Revival Seeking Youth Services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. The Christian hope is a hope that every Christian, according to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4, it talks about how there is one body. Okay, there is there is one body. How many bodies? One. How many body of Christ? One. Doesn't matter where you are, where you are born, where you are raised. There's one body. There is one body, and what else? One spirit. The spirit that is working in you is not the different spirit working in the other person. If he's also a Christian, and if you are Christian, it's the same spirit, the Holy Spirit. And there's also one something. What is it? One hope of our calling. It's one hope. So then how come if it's one hope, how come that hope is not the same as mine? Then it's not the hope he's talking about. Yes, you can be in church and believe God and hope that one day you'll be married. And it's part of your aspirations in life and you're believing God to help you to do that. But that's not the fundamental Christian hope. Because some people will never marry till Jesus comes. Oh, I don't know why you are saying, hey, watch this. If he comes next week, are you telling me you marry before next week? Please, please, please. How many of you believe Jesus can come any day? Yeah. So that means that some people will never go past three years old. Because when he's coming, some people will be children. Some people will never be 40 years when Jesus is coming. Because Jesus will come before they turn 40. Jesus will come before some people get married. Jesus will come before some people get into secondary school. Jesus will come before some people get a grandchild. Jesus will come before some people get a great-grandchild, which is even rare. You know, so the Christian hope is not that one. The Christian hope is a hope that unbelievers cannot dare to have. I don't believe If you are an unbeliever, you can't say I'm hoping that. The Christian hope is Christ in you. Christ himself is our hope. So if you are not born again, how can your Christ be your focus that that's all I want? No. What makes you a Christian is Christ is all you want. He's the center of your joy. Somebody say amen. amen. So the Christian hope, unbelievers cannot have that. Now, if as soon as you become a Christian, that hope becomes automatic. So those of you who Christ is not important to you, you are not born again. You are in church and you are the one I said you might be in hell. So, you see, please let's put religion aside. And the fact that I'm coming to church, I like the church music, I'm dancing, I'm serving, I'm doing this. Doesn't necessarily make you a Christian because that thing, every, an unbeliever can also do it. Especially, there are a lot of churches that have a lot of unbelievers. In fact, there are some churches, the bishop is an unbeliever. Yeah. Ah, yes. A bishop who stands for what the Bible stands against is not a believer. It's not a believer. You can be a political bishop, but that doesn't mean you are a child of God. So, actually, your destiny is at stake if the one leading you is a blind person. Don't stay in a church because you are born into it. People even move from neighborhood. Move after some time. Some of you, when you were born, your mother was always shopping from at Primark. But when you finish school, you started getting some money. You started buying from uh, uh, Zara. What I'm saying is that if you really if Christ, if it's Christ you want, you don't mind what it costs. Uh, listen, if you value Christ more than your actual life, then no one can stop you. Nothing can stop you from pursuing Christ alone. Yeah, nothing, no friends, no family, no relationship. You are willing to pay any price to just pursue Christ. Because Christ is all I want. Christ is all I want. The Christian heart gets very arrested and raptured 
by a desire for Christ. The lower your desire for Christ, the more ineffective a Christian you are becoming. So, the Christian hope which an unbeliever cannot have is Christ. What do you want in life? Christ. What is your biggest in Christ? What are you hoping for? Christ. Sometimes, sometimes you just feel, I want to be, I want Jesus, I want you. That tells you why someone sang the song. I want more of you, Jesus. The more I know you, the more I want to know you, Jesus, more. The closer you get to Jesus, the more closer you want to be. That's Christian hope. So the Christian hope is in, I, I, I think it's just, I'm just teaching you. It's go on record that you've been taught that one. And I'll go back to what I'm talking about. The Christian hope is one, the hope Christ. Number two, the Christian hope is that one day your body will be changed. It's a big hope. I know I cannot expect that. In Philippians chapter, chapter, chapter 3, verse 21, it says that when Christ will appear, our vile body, vile, he uses the word vile in King James, our natural body, earthly body, vile. Vile. What makes... If you don't know your body is vile, I, I think you are quite dumb. <laughs> your dumbness is really dumbful. <laughs> your body, if you haven't eaten for a whole day, you feel so weak. You feel weak. Sometimes when you catch cold, your nose is running, you keep cleaning it. And then by the time you're coming, you keep cleaning it. Yeah. The pressure is getting. <laughs> How many of you have been unwell before? It's so it's annoying. I hate, actually hate being unwell. I hate it. And what I hate most about not being well is if you go to any. And they make you sit down. They are going about their life. And, and like, you have important things to do with your time. I hate not being well. But sometimes it happens. Why? Vile body. Vile body. It's, it's, it's human nature. It's not because you don't have to do anything bad. You can do everything right, but your body will give way. The reason why I don't like doing long distance traveling, especially in the night, is I get very active in the day. I do a lot. So when I'm driving, the last time I was going to Birmingham, I was struggling. <laughs> oh, no. And the last time I was at the gym with the trainer, I, I hated this whole thing. Do I, need, do I need to go through this? And the trainers, they seem to have joy. Yeah. I don't know. They, think, they seem to be very happy when you are struggling. They... I remember once he told me that you have to push this thing, this big tie, ten times. And even the first one, I was struggling. And then when I came, he said, nine more. So I, I thought maybe he was just using that to encourage me to do about three. He actually meant nine, ten. And so I went, I thought I third one. He said, seven more. No, I said, no, I can't. He said, you can't. Go. Go. He said, no, I can't. He said, no, you can't. You made me do it. Ten. And then another one, he said, do it. This is why you are doing it ten times. Ah. Then after 15 times, I'm counting ten. I'm counting uh, uh, twenty. All right, go. And after the first few, I'm tired, I can't. My body is vile. Meanwhile, someone can do easily. Some of you can do 100 press-ups. Vile bodies. But it says that our vile body, oh, that's good news. That it may be fashioned into the, come on. So we have a hope. It's not that you die and leave the body. 
one day the body will be fashioned. It will be, it will be re-engineered, repackaged, transformed. What? Into the glorious. Ah, so this body can be glorious. I like that one. I like that. That's the Christian hope. That's the Christian hope. That our vile bodies will be fashioned into the glorious according to the working whereby is able even to subdue all things to himself. One day, this vile body, this vile body, and can you imagine, you want, let's say you live in Croydon, you want to go home from here to Croydon, you don't need Uber. You just Croydon and then you are there. Oh man. You, you go home. You go home, they've locked their door, you just walk in and go. Jesus, he didn't need door open. Door. No, no, he just. Uh, some of you have forgotten. He went to heaven. Do you think he went naked? No. When he resurrected, where did he get the clothes from? Because they killed him naked and they wrapped him with uh, a, a, a napkin. Yeah, napkin. And when he resurrected, the Bible said that in, according to John chapter 20, the napkin was folded, lying there. But he got up. He appeared to them. What was, where, where did he get the clothes from? That's what we call glorious body. You have your clothes. And he went to heaven with clothes. He passed through walls with clothes. Glorious bodies. Glorious bodies. Glorious bodies. Hallelujah. And he said our glorious body will be fashioned. So in Romans chapter 8 verse 23. It talks about how, and not only they, talking about the creation itself wants to be like us. Because we have some liberty. If you're a child of God, see this, if you go to church and they don't teach you these things, you don't know what you are missing. That's when you have time to argue with unbelievers about Christianity. They are very far from the reality we are in. Look at verse 21. Look at verse 21. No, I've not started my actual message. This one is just offshoot from last one. But verse 21 says that because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Do you know creation has been corrupted? Yes. That's why politicians are trying to do everything possible to save the, the, the world or climate change. And uh, it's been corrupted. You, you leave your food without putting it in the refrigerator after a week, it's gone. Or a week is even too far. Why must it go bad? Why? Is it not the same? You eat nice rice. Nice, um, whatever. You know, uh, who, is, who is the one who liked the pounded yam? Yes, you. Yeah, it was you who told me. Yeah. Nice pounded yam with a ferrero or a gushy stew. And within a matter of hours, if you go, when you go to the uh, executive chamber of release, <laughs> bad, bad, they're not good. <laughs> Why do we have earthquakes? Why do we have floods? Why do we have all these problems in the world? Because creature was subjected to bondage when man sinned. So he says that because creature itself also shall be delivered. Ah! The creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children. The children of God have got some glorious liberty. Shout glory. glory. It's not an ordinary liberty. This one is a glorious one. Remember our vile body shall be changed into his glorious Oh, come on. We have glorious liberty. Being born again, there is a liberty we have been brought into. That's why you don't have to struggle under addiction. We've been brought into some liberty. Shall I free? And this freedom is glorious. Glorious liberty. Glorious liberty. Glorious liberty. Said, creature, creature, the creature itself shall also be delivered and be brought into the glory of what we are enjoying. One day, each creature will be brought into it. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. Yeah. In fact, because of it, let me go back one verse. Go back, go back. 
For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. That's Adam. He subjected the, by obeying the devil, thinking that to make me like God. That's the hope. He had that hope. He subjected everything into the hands of the devil. By itself, creature itself will also be delivered. But look at the verse 22. For we know that the whole creation is crying. Creation is crying. So politicians say, oh, let, let's try and save the world. Let's try. Mother nature. Because creation, they can see, we can all see that things are changing. Creation, creation is crying and it will stop crying. It will keep crying and crying and crying and crying until it's one day God will just burn it. <laughs> That's very interesting. But it says, New Living Translation. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present. Groaning. How does the message put it? We never know. All around us we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We are, we, we are also feeling the birth pangs. Hey, he has combined all kinds of things. So creation is struggling for something great to come. But let's go back to the verse 22 in the New King James. New King James. For we know that the whole, uh, the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Look at verse 23. That's why that's I brought you here. Not only that, not only creation, but we also, we believers, anytime you are reading the New Testament, you come across we. It's talking about no human beings. No humanity. It's talking about believers. We, those who are the children of God. We. It says that we, we also who have the first fruit of the spirits. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves. I know you agree with me, because since you became a believer, you still have some things you are struggling with. This vile body is troubling you. You don't know why you still like that boy. But you don't want to like him, but I don't like that. It's human nature. You have all kinds of bitterness. Some of you, you are always angry. Sometimes you're even angry that there's nothing to make you angry. Some of you have mood swings. And, and sometimes you don't like it. It, it spoils all your good relationship. And why am I like that? God help me. This vile body, this vile body. This vile, but the more you walk with God, your soul gets saved. Okay. So, okay. What I spoke about is more about your soul, your mood, and your feelings. Sometimes you have mood swings, your emotional issues. Your feelings for boys and girls is human. But that one is in your soul. Feelings, emotions, quite similar. Feelings and emotions and the way you are thinking, what you will, the will, oh, is in your soul. It's not the body, it's in your soul. And that is where, when you, when you become a born again Christian, your spirit is saved but your soul is being saved. So the more you are in church and you are receiving God's word and you are praying, it's changing you from inside. It says that be ye transformed, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you keep listening to God's word, you keep listening. That's why I have a problem with people who are in church and are always still the same, contentious. You don't talk to this one, I'm fighting this one. And sometimes you, you are even doing it to church sisters. Or church brothers. And it's not like you are changing. You are not changing. Contentious and quarrelsome with impunity. It's like I can't, I can't be bothered. That's how I am. No. You, all of us, we are different. But Christ is changing us. So why is it that if you Christ is, you are not changing? Maybe, maybe you are not a genuine Christian. Maybe you are not, you've actually not changed. 
and you are not embracing the word of God, it says, embrace, it says, receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, James chapter, chapter 1, verse 21 or so, chapter 2, verse 21. It said, receive, put aside superfluity of naughtiness, that's King James for you. Laying aside superflow, your naughtiness is superflowing, especially some of you guys. He said, whereby lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. And what should you do? Receive with a certain level of humility. Come down, come down and receive God's word because you need help. You need help. Come down and receive it. Sometimes I, when I'm preaching and see some people's feeling like, I'm looking, I look at this proud person. Receive. How do you receive the word of God? With meekness. Because the thing will be cutting you, but I need help. I need help. Receive with meekness. What are you supposed to receive? What? The engrafted, engrafted word of God. I know some of you might not understand what engraftment means. But I know you know implant. Breast implants. Yeah. Implant. So when you see a lady who has done implant, you will, see, you will think it's the normal one. You won't even see. You won't know until she tells you. You will know that there's a, it's an implant. So when you do an implant, it becomes so part of you. Give me that. It's a, it's a meekness, the implanted word of God. It becomes so part of you. People can't separate you from God's word. The word of God must be like an implant. That is where your souls are, souls are saved. He said, receiving the end of your salvation, uh, of uh, the end of your faith, the salvation, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 9, the salvation of your souls. Your souls. So when you are in Christ, when you are in church, when you become born again, your spirit is saved. Your soul is being saved. So those of you who, there's no evidence of a transformation in your self, your character, your attitude, your soul, your feelings. You will not be perfect, but you are not where you can say with somebody, thank God, uh, he said, that I, I am not where I want to be, but thank God I'm no more where I used to be. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 talks about how we all with unveiled faces, beholding us in a mirror, us in the glass. You got to keep your eye on God's word. Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Shall glory. Glory! Did you, did you realize the appearance of glory, glory, glory? Some of you haven't noticed that. This Christian work is a glorious journey. Yes. Hallelujah. So, your soul, we are being transformed. So, you are saved when you are born again. Your spirit is saved. Your soul is being saved. And your body shall be saved. Amen. The salvation of the body is what I'm talking about. The, your vile bodies shall be fashioned. That one is to come at the last day. When we shall appear. When we shall meet Jesus. He said, we don't, we don't know how we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be, First John chapter 3 verse 2 and 3, when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What? That's the Christian hope. Beloved, now we are the children of God. When are we the children of God? I can't hear. When are we the children of God? When are we the children of God? When? Is it tomorrow? When? How dare an unbeliever is that? Well, you don't know. We are you don't have a working knowledge of what we are dealing with. Your, 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 your argument and your nonsense is opinions. But this is this this is a reality. Real, it's my reality. It's my reality. It's my reality. It's like it's like someone telling me that, you know. When you grow up outside of the UK and you come to UK, it's always better for you. Are you telling me that? You, you. Please, let me tell you what it is. Because it's my reality. Even my accent tells you I didn't grow, I didn't go to primary school and secondary school in UK. 
And you know what it means for you to be talking to some people and they, they hear your accent and they conclude you are stupid. <laughs> they see your surname and they, they are different towards you. It's my reality. So what I'm trying to say is someone is talking about Christianity and they, they, they talk about what they have heard. That's the problem today. A lot of people who call themselves Christians and they are not. And they also don't even know what it means to be a Christian. Now we are children of God. What are you talking about? Now we are children of God. Now. When? Now. When? Now. When? Now. So if you are a child of God, how come you are dating a child of the devil? It's because you don't know who you are. That's why. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. You are dating the child of your father's enemy. Your family enemy. And so I just like him. I just like, yeah, I know she's pretty. I know he's handsome. But listen, these people, they, they are our enemies. Not physically, but in the realm of the spirit. If you date, if you marry a, the, the devil's daughter, the devil becomes your father-in-law. Yeah. Some of you, you are not happy because of your boyfriend. He's, he's almost the devil's elder son. Oh, but yeah, I don't agree with you because it's nice. Oh, you're getting it wrong. It's, it's. If someone is sickle cell or a sickle cell carrier, and you're also a sickle cell carrier, has it got to do with the way they look? No. no. You go and marry them or you start having children with them and you realize your family is in crisis. Because yeah. you end up having full-blown sickle cell children. Potentially, very high. So it's not, it's not how they look. It's the condition in their system. Yeah. Who you are dealing with. It's, you are mixing blood with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Bible says that Moses' mother, Moses' father, he took a wife from the daughters of um, yeah, Levi. And married, and they had a goodly child. Yeah. He married right, and they had a goodly child. Sometimes, who you marry, you may not have a goodly child. Yeah. The internal conditions are more important than the exterior. So, don't tell me he's a nice person. She's a nice person. Is she a child of God? Yeah. Now we are some. Previously, you were not. But now, Beloved, now we are children of God. Now, you have to write it somewhere in your book or behind your book or something. Now, I'm a child of God. And when you're making decisions, make a decision. Now, they said, oh, let's go for that, uh, to that party. Now, I'm a child of God. So you know some parties you can't go because you know what's about to happen there. You can't go to Afro Nation for some stuff because you know what happens there. You can't just follow them to a certain holiday because you know what they are going to do. But the problem is, it's not that you don't like them, but the problem is, now I'm a child of God. What's the problem? Now I'm a child of God. He said, beloved, beloved, I like that terminology, that sweetheart. So my darling, my darling, beloved, it's an term of endearment. Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Ah, there's more coming, you know? What we shall be, it hasn't been revealed. Our real destination hasn't been revealed. So it doesn't mean what we shall be, but we know that when he, Jesus, is revealed, we shall be like him and we shall see him, oh God, for we shall see him as he is. What we are actually going to be, it hasn't been revealed. That's why they see us as everybody. They see us as everybody as one of the students. 
one of the students, one of our neighbor, neighbors, one of the, they see you as one of them. Yeah, because it hasn't yet been revealed. Even though we are the children of God, it hasn't yet been revealed. Hey, it hasn't yet been revealed. Hey, it has not yet been revealed. Yet we are the children of God. Shout hallelujah. Please sit down. Behold, woman of love the Father has given unto us, that we, verse 1, that we should be called a child of God. But there's a problem there. The world doesn't know us. Is it their fault? No. Why? Because they don't know our Father. And yet they think they reserve the right because they've been reading wide. Because the fact that you've read wide doesn't mean you know God. You don't know God, so you don't know us. You don't know us. And I don't know how much words we can use to explain it to you. Because it's spiritual. Yeah. You won't understand. Yeah. You, it's like human beings trying to explain to a spider why people human beings talk. <laughs> yeah. It's like trying to get your dog to listen to Sky News. <laughs> BBC News about what is happening in Russia. And it's holding the dog, it's holding the remote. Come on. It's a nature thing. It's nature. It's a nature. By nature, you can shave a chimpanzee. He still cannot win prime ministerial election. You can put chimpanzee into a suit, shave it. But still, this is the nature. Is yes. well. So our hope is that it has not yet been revealed. But our hope is I can't wait to put off this body. It's not about even dying. No, no, no. It's not about dying. It's about being transformed into the glorious image. The glorious body. Fashioned. I like that term. Fashioned. You have been fashioned. Come on. That's a Christian. I'm actually preaching on hope. The Christian hope. When we talk about the Christian hope, one, Christ is our hope. And when he returns, he's coming with salvation. When it's returning, yes, there's salvation that is yet to be revealed. Yeah. It's the salvation according to First Peter chapter 1, verse 5. We are being kept by the power of God. Right? Kept through the power of God, by the power of through faith for salvation. Ah! The salvation that is, that's what I hope, how can an unbeliever expect that? Because the expectation of that, that Reality is what makes you a Christian. You believe in it and you live according to it. It's coming. It's coming. Jesus will appear. He shall bring salvation. Hallelujah. So Christ is our hope and the salvation that will come. Number two is what I just said. Our bodies will be transformed. Number three, one day I've not thought on this very much, but then I'll have to. It's called the Christ will come and reign for a thousand years on this earth. And he says some of us will wear crowns and will reign with him. It's called the millennial reign of Christ. The millennial reign. Because he has made us, we are going to be like kings. So he's the, the senior king and we are sub-kings. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10, it says that, For you have made us kings and priests. Yes. He has made us kings. So we are going to reign with him. We are going to reign with him. What? In the earthly kingdom. In the, he has an earthly kingdom coming. It's coming. So in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18, Paul talks about how I can't wait for Christ when he comes in his kingdom. What? The Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for what? His heavenly kingdom. It's coming. Hallelujah. And then when the final thing, when we talk about Christian hope, how can an unbeliever expecting that Christ come? I'm going to reign with him. No. You can be very smart, but you can't think like that. You can't have this hope. You must be an, a Christian to have that hope. You can be religious, but you can't have that hope. Others have all kinds of hope. But it's different from this hope. That when he appears, we shall be like him. Our vile bodies shall be transformed. And then when he comes, we shall reign with him. And then the last hope, the last thing about our hope is the fact that one day there's going to be a heaven. Oh, the, then there's going to be, sorry, a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth shall pass away. 
And then, then there'll be, watch this, there'll be a new Jerusalem. There'll be a new Jerusalem. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, 2, and 3. There shall be a new Jerusalem coming down from the Father, from heaven. So heaven will see. Said, then I saw the holy city, new, new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God. Oh, okay. Prepared as a bride. The church is prepared as a bride. So the, the holy city is like a bride. It looks like this is describing the church, but it's different. It's a prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 2, uh, verse, the next verse. Adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and they are. Hallelujah! Now it's like God has, you know, Adam and Eve, Bible says God comes in the cool of the day. Now that's the, in the, the this is why it's not going, he's permanently forever. They shall be, he shall be with us forever. Yeah. And we and God. That, that's the Christian hope. Wow. So when we talk about one hope, one hope, it's not you believing God for a car, you're not believing God for a driver's license, somebody is believing God to be able to buy a wig, somebody is actually believing God to grow her hair, somebody is able to believe in God to have smooth skin, another person is believing God to grow the beard, done everything is not coming. <laughs> believing God to pass as I'm hoping that I'll pass exam, I'm hoping that one day I'll be married, I'm hoping that I'll even get a boyfriend. Some of you ladies here are charged. You are just, oh, your biggest aspiration is to get a man. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. One hope. But that's not the hope. The hope is what I've spoken about, and unbelievers cannot have it. So, three things that make you a Christian faith, hope, and love. What this was the first scripture I read Romans chapter. 3 verse 24. I think we should go back so I can do justice to it. Let's all read it out loud again. Alright, so when you read your Bible very carefully, you, you come across certain words that are quite very heavy in the New Testament, which many Christians actually don't appreciate or they don't understand. One of such words is justified. Another one is even there, redemption. So what is justified? What is redemption? And then when you read, that, look at the next verse. There's another one that is coming. Who God has set for to be what? The propitiation. What is that? Propitiation? What is that? Chapter 5, verse 1. I like chapter 5, verse 1. Let's already, let's go. Verse 2. Even this text alone, you must be a Christian to get what he's saying. He says that we have access by faith into grace. We are starting in grace. How can you understand what this is talking okay, about? You want to argue with the Bible? What do you understand about this text? He said, we are standing. It must be your reality to understand what Christianity is about. He said that we have access. What? Access into this grace which we stand. And rejoicing in hope. Oh, you see glory again? It's all over, but you never know sometimes. Hope of glory of God. This hope thing. We are standing in something. We are standing in grace and rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. We are standing in it by rejoicing in the hope. Rejoicing in the hope. It's not the music. The music can fade. The music can end. But the rejoicing is still going on in your heart. Because your joy is not based on what is happening. But your joy is based on what you are hoping. Rejoicing in hope. Rejoice in hope. And rejoice in hope. We stand. He said... How do you stand in this grace? It takes faith. That, uh, that's why I told you. How can you get, I mean, going to East London from Bermondsey, you have to go to the tunnel. 
So I just I didn't go to Central London. I just went to East London from Bermondsey, but I didn't go through the tunnel. Maybe and you were driving. Maybe the ferry. But you have to go through one way or the other across the river. How can you say you are a Christian standing in grace and you didn't use faith? A Christian without a faith is like a barber who doesn't cut hair. <laughs> you can't be a Christian without faith. Do you know why? Because they're just. We are alive in Christ just because of faith. And that is very important. That's very important. So, then going back to the text, I need to show you something as we get ready to close. Is someone learning something? Yes. Verse 1. Therefore, huh? having been justified by faith, ah, what do we have? Peace. What do we have? Peace. You know why some people get very angry when you are preaching? They don't have, they don't have peace with you. How many of you have had friends or some relatives and you've invited them to church for some reason? Every time they're giving us one, they just don't want. Some of you, you were trying to avoid church because you know once you get there, God will get you. Yes. You know God will get you. So you tried as much as possible. This, this church, no, 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 I don't want to. No, it's okay, don't talk. When you, are, when you are in the town center, you see someone preach, you stay very far away from that. <laughs> why, 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 why are you running away? Why are you running away? When you go to a party and people are, or maybe even the conversation, and someone says, oh, this one is a proper serious Christian. You see, suddenly they look at you funny. They don't like that. You don't know it. They'll wait where you go. When I go for, let's say, wedding receptions, I just try to leave early. Because people can dance. <laughs> go, go, go. So I can be myself. I can, I can be myself. Go. There's something about a career of God that people who don't have peace with God, they just want to be a bit away from you. So in the book of Luke chapter 5, the Bible says that Jesus said, launch into the deep. Peter said, we've told all night, verse 5. And then Jesus said, just do it. And Peter, Peter said, at your word, we will obey you. And when they are launched, uh, they cast their nets. They let down their nets and they caught a great fish. They caught great fish, a lot of fish. And their boats began to sink. So when they came out of the shore, Peter, being a Jewish man, you know Jews like business? Yes. Uh, if you're a Jewish man and someone, an ordinary man is telling you, guys, you've been struggling. Business is not coming. Somebody said, catch your net there. And as soon as you did it, you are catching so much business. A Jewish businessman will say, you know what, can we sit down? Let's talk. <laughs> you just sit, don't do anything. Sit down, show me where to, and 70% for you and 30% for you. You, we want the person. Look at your businessman. But look at what Peter said. Ah, I saw Peter, so he felt as if he said, please go, go. Go. Leave us, go. He realized that there's a holy person. I, I don't have peace with God. Go, leave us alone. I, I brought you business. Go. <laughs> I told you the story of my friend years ago when he came to this country, I think 1998. He came to this country from Africa. And when you come from, to this country from Africa, you have to struggle and find a job. So he was a Christian, but he got a job at a bingo. And he said to me that in the bingo, there's a board where he used to work. Some board, anybody at all, you know, write anything you want. Write anything at all you want. It's free for all. So it's like speaker's corner. People go and write swear words. Every day, then people write different things. And then the next day, maybe they'll clean it out. After a few days, they clean it. If people go and write anything. Write anything. That's the purpose of the board. Write anything. Like, what's on your mind? <laughs> 
to people were swearing, saying all kinds of things. And he was also working there. Anybody at all correct? So he also went and wrote, All sinners will go to hell. You know the boss called him for a meeting. Why? Why did you write that there? So why everybody's writing? not this kind of why are you writing that there? You are not if you write that never write anything like that there again. People don't have peace with God. They don't have peace with God. Most of them I don't believe in God because they don't have peace with God. They don't have peace with God. That's what they they are so animated. Have you seen some way, sometimes the way some people can be so irritated and infuriated because you, are, you just mentioned Jesus? Yeah. So uh, Jesus said that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's like, no, 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 please, 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 make you no verse. I'm just telling you about. <laughs> I'm just telling you that Jesus loved. No, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. They can. They can afford to say anything about you, about even Christ. But once you begin to talk about Christ to them, they, some people can get so angry. It does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. Do you know why? Because they don't have peace with God. But we. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Therefore, having been justified, that's why you come to church and you feel so good. Yeah. Some people come to church the first time they say, this pastor is coming too close to me when he's preaching. He might see something about me. He might see, he might see, I don't want him to see something of God. You don't have peace with God? But that's good news. So, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, not through our good works. Not through, I have a lot of faith. No, please, please. Your faith does not give you peace with God. It's Christ. Somebody shout Christ alone. Thank you, Jesus. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But do you know where it starts from? How can you have peace with God? You have to be just. So, having been, we now have peace. Having been, we now have peace. So say, having been justified by faith, can you tell me what it means to be justified then? That's the purpose for this teaching today, but time. What, 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 does, it, what does it mean to be justified? Have you heard the word justice before? It looks like they are related. Justice. Just. This is just. The just. Justification. Ah. Justified. Somebody put it this way, just as if you have not seen. Justified? That is where Christianity starts from. You have to be justified not by church attendance. You have to be justified not by good behavior. You have to be justified. If it's by good behavior, some of you will make it. Because you've done too much bad stuff, man. Justification. The Latin. Eustace. If you understand. Yeah, you, you say, what's the. In Spanish, uh -huh. justicia. What's the meaning? Justice, justicia. Eustace. Eustace. Um, so, I need, you to, I need to take you back to chapter 3, verse 24. Being justified, again, be justified freely. Ah, what's the meaning of free? What's the meaning of free? Huh? Okay, I'm not talking about freedom. Yeah, something is given free. You get it. Buy one. Yeah, that's what I mean. So when you buy one, the other one, what does that mean? You don't, you don't pay for it. Ah, so our justification is free. 
Oh, wow. I don't pay for it. Really? Ah, so I, all the sins I've done, I don't have to do anything to pay for my sins? Wait, 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 wait. What? You mean free? Nothing to pay for? Ha! Huh. Ha! Huh. They said, Zara is giving free tops. Every, every Monday morning, when the shop is open, the first 25 customers will have. So you know what you do? 3 a.m. You are waiting. Uh, but they say it's free. Yeah, yeah, conditional free. It's free, but you, this is how you get what is free. Justification is free, but it must be through Christ. And uh, that's why verse, chapter 5, verse 1, it tells us what to do to get. Having been justified, how? By faith. By faith. That's why you can't say I'm justified and you say I don't have faith. What kind of justification is that? No, it's not God's justification. No, but someone said, but, okay. But I've done good stuff, so. Okay, I think we should discuss being good. Doing good, rather. Doing, sit down, let's discuss doing good as I run. God, God gave the law. <laughs> God gave the law. Uh, the law. Okay, let's even call it the Ten Commandments. You know, so many people say, okay, I can't obey all the Ten Commandments. How can you obey? I remember a certain preacher asked some people, a group of people, how many of you are Christians? Some people raised their hands. He said, no, before you do that, what does it mean to be a Christian? Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Someone who obeys the Ten Commandments. Okay. How many of you are Christians? Okay. Wow. Still people's hands are down. <laughs> I thought you said, oh, but no one can obey all. Okay, so how many do you have to obey? Let's say eight. How many of you are Christians still? <laughs> Your chain is small. How many? I want someone who has chain. I want you see the ones that the rap artists wear, <laughs> like a dog chain. Uh-huh, I like that one. Please bring it. Thank you very much. Wow, this is very heavy. That's real gold. I heard about a story where a husband and a wife, a certain guy, was in a small neighborhood. Thief. He, he can steal anything. And every, he was known. And you can't catch him, but he was good. And there's another lady who's also good at stealing. She could steal. And one day, the two of them got married. So, and you know what happened? One day, news went round that the woman was pregnant. Hey, if they have given, the two of them are have, going to have a child, this child must be master. So everybody was wondering, what, what kind of child is this going to be? <laughs> and one day the woman gave birth. When she gave birth and the child came out, the child came out with a fist. <laughs> so they're trying to open there. They did everything. They can't open the arm, the, the fist. Open it, no, open the baby. They, ah, ah, hey, what kind of child is this? They open it. So they... They had to go and look. They tried everything. They didn't want to harm, injure the child. So they had to go and look for those this traditional witch doctor to come and use some powers for the child to open. So as soon as the witch doctor came, he looked at the child. He said, okay, I know what it is. Don't worry. I need a gold chain. So someone gave him a gold chain. No, no. That's it. And then he held the gold chain before the child. And he went like this. And the child was going like from top and getting closer. The child went. So the child, it got close range. And the child tried to collect the, 
and then something fell from the hand. It is the midwife's ring. When he was coming, he stole the ring from the... chain has, is made up of links, right? Links. You can't say this chain is okay, strong, when one link is so weak. The strength of the chain has got to do with, is dependent on its weakest link. So if one link is weak, the chain cannot remain as a chain. So let's say if you are hanging on this chain to for someone to hold you across a, a pond with pro crocodiles. But you see that one is breaking. Will you say the rest are strong, so it doesn't matter. Let me hold it. The law is like a chain. If you break it at one point, you keep all, but you break one, it's useless. It's useless. And the problem is, we can't keep all. So we try to keep it, but keep breaking it. But God gave the law so that we can be justified. Maybe. Take it. Justi get justified by the way. Justified means that you haven't done anything wrong. You are just before God. Pure before God. You haven't done anything wrong. Okay, how do you know you are pure? You need laws to keep. You've met all the requirements. Fine. So God gave us the law. But boy. And he says that if you break the law, you are cursed. So if you break one, at one point, Galatians chapter 3, verse 10, at one point, you are, you are cursed. He says that. For as many as are under the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, for it is written, curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So if you break one, you are under a curse. How many of you know that before you came to Christ, you are under a curse? All of us. Why? Because we have been breaking the law of God. But look at the next verse. But that no man is justified by the law. Why? Because in the sight of God, people may think you are right. But God knows that you have broken it. Even the way you are thinking about that girl. You may not know. So in the sight of God, no man can be justified. Because we are all breaking the law. It's evident. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. But look at the next verse. Yet the law is not faith. But the man that does them shall live by them. Then he goes on to say that Christ has redeemed us from the cross. So that cares for breaking in Christ has really redeemed us. And now in Romans chapter 3, verse 20, 21, let's quickly go down our, our end. Therefore, by the deeds of the... Ah, let's read it. Let's, let's go. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the law... You just know how you are sinning. So nobody can be justified. You know what justification means now? Means that you haven't done anything wrong. But... If you haven't done anything wrong, let's talk about what is wrong. Let's check what was the law saying and for us to say you haven't done it. So you cannot say someone hasn't done anything wrong when we don't know what they have, have done right or what they have, what is wrong. But when you bring what is wrong, the law, it catches everybody. So no one can be justified in the sight of God. So that means that justification is never possible. To obey God, you can't do it. So look at the next verse. But now, say now. now. Say now. now. When? Now. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law has been revealed. So, there's a certain righteousness. In other words, you being just of God that can be revealed without law. What? I want that one. Ah, if I can get a t-shirt from Zara without paying, show me how to get it. Do you understand? Without the law. Being witness, the prophets and the law said that, yeah, that's okay. We accept this. Watch this quickly. Go on. Go on. Even the righteous law. Through faith in Christ to all who believe. For there's no difference. That's where we are going. Then go on. Go on. For all have sinned. So no one is okay. But the next verse says that. <laughs> Justified. But you are still a sinner. Yeah, but I'm justified in the sight of God. On what grounds? 
we are going to explore that. Yes. yes. Because how can just God look at you who are breaking his law and said, I declare you. No, you can't declare someone justified. Because that doesn't make the person justified in themselves. But justification is God declaring a righteous person justified. Hey, the unjust justified. That Bible said that he might be just and the justifier, verse 26, he might be just and the justifier to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that God, God might be just at the same time justifying the unrighteous. So, but how can you be clean? How can you be doing right? When you are someone who is wrong, you are telling that now you are right. But God has a system in place so that he will tell the unrighteous that you are right and still God is just. Because of the blood. We'll go into that. Hallelujah. Actually, chapter 4 talks about, verse 3 and 4 talks about God justifies the ungodly. Think about it. The ungodly means someone who is not doing the right things before God. And God justifies. He says that for what does the scripture say? Abraham, it was, no, no, go, go, the next verse, please. Um, verse 5, I think it's verse 5 and 6 I'm looking for. Let's go to 5, 5, quickly, quickly, my time is up. Verse 5, okay. Um, yes, but to him who does not work, you have to be justified by the, what you have done. But believes on him who justifies the ungodly. So that justification God gives is a free justification because you didn't work for it. Yeah. How can God justify the ungodly and still be just? So our justification is not arbitrary. It must be judicial. In other words, judicial, that means it has met the requirements of justice, of the law. Judicial justification, forensic redemption. We'll get into that. <laughs> Did you receive something? Amen. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Carriage Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.